nostalgia, memories, growing up in Central Florida in the 1990s. What a bunch of sappy crap. It's the Sappy Crap Podcast. Starring Steve Bauman and Jarman Day. Welcome to the Sappy Crap Podcast, where the names are changed, but the stories are real. I'm Jarman. And I'm Steve. And we're here to stumble, rumble, and jumble through our memories. That's right. Here to tell stories only two longtime best friends can. And what are we talking about this go around, Steve? So we've been kicking this around for a while and always kind of got put off by other themes that we're going to do. Yeah. But television. We are the television generation. Mm-hmm. Or the very tail end of the tel- television generation, I guess. Yeah, I'd argue I think Generation uh, X thinks they're like the start of the television, and we were like the end of it, kind of. Yeah, but we got the internet, so they can eat it. Um, <laughs> Eventually. But a lot of television shows have, not say changed our lives, but been in our lives. They've mm-hmm. changed the way we've thought. They've been the funniest thing we've ever seen at that moment. They formed our opinion on pop culture uh, from then forward. I think, you know, the stuff you watch when we were kids growing up is what. Oh, yeah. We developed our sense them. of humor. Yeah. We do impersonations. We try to do our best Mike Myers SNL impression <laughs> because of television. That's true. And so we're just talking here, talked about some of the TV shows that have made up our lives. Absolutely. And um, what would you say is some of the earliest that you started off with, Steve? So the ones I remember, like the, the, the ones that I remember having needing to watch, like feeling the compulsion to watch, I guess the best way to yeah. put it um, was there was this thing that was on the afternoons called the Disney afternoon. Oh, from, I don't know, late eighties, early nineties. And it was gummy bears and ducktails and tailspin and Darkwing duck. Oh, I did watch all that. A bunch of others. And they would add on new shows and retire old shows uh, but that was like my after school. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Was, you know, if I had my homework done, I could go and I could watch Disney afternoon. And you guys probably hear all those songs in your head right now. Gummy bears, ducktails, bouncing here and there and everywhere. <laughs> Dark wing duck. I don't forget how that goes, but yeah, they're all now, good. <laughs> if there's trouble, you call DW. Duck wing duck. Let's get dangerous. I think right along the same time was, uh, you know, Saturday afternoon cartoons, stuff like that, like X-Men, um, Ninja Turtles. Those were all big. That's you come here for, folks. Us terribly singing songs. For 25 more minutes of that. It's great. I remember feeling like I had to watch. Like I wanted oh, yeah. to watch it. I knew when it was on the schedule. Yeah, I think that what was the first you? things that it was like, yeah, our choice to watch those things. That's a good point, because I was thinking back to like, what did I watch growing up as a little tiny kid? And it's something your t- parents put on the TV for. You're not really choosing that. Um, but for some reason, I was always a Mr. Rogers kid and not a Sesame Street kid. Hence why I never went down the Muppet path going growing up and why we have another show called Muppet Trek. You guys should all check I mean, out. I guess. If you gotta take something over the Muppets, Mr. Rogers is okay. He was, At least there's yeah. puppets involved. There's, there's still puppets, puppets involved. involved, and that's the important part. And it's just so sweet and kind and nice. It teaches how to be good to people from an early age, and you just can't dislike the damn guy. He's so amazingly nice. That's right. He's a good Pittsburgh gentleman. 
Oh, yes, that's right. I forgot about yeah. that. He also lived in Winter Park, which is, uh, you know, where you, Steve and I grew up as well. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. Well, something I also want to mention is about TV shows that my parents were watching, so that therefore I had to watch, uh, which would be for my dad, my biological dad growing up, it was always Westerns. So it's definitely they're movies, but that's what he'd have on like TNT or AMC movie classics, always Westerns or war movies constantly on and then my mom loved her dateline nbc like i remember stone phillips that guy i knew his every catchphrase by heart but he would they would introduce these terrible cases of people getting kidnapped it's still on to this day <laughs> but it, she watched as a growing up i had to watch it because it was the only tv we had so that's what we had to watch that's fair yeah i think the the one i remember from my dad that i could mess with any other show <laughs> but at 7 p.m it was time to shut up watch jeopardy oh yeah that's great and we watched jeopardy together four to five nights a week for years oh wow years it was part of our little ritual i started doing that now with my girlfriend now that and then all of a sudden after getting that habit alex trebek left us so it's very sad but hopefully we'll get new well, solid hopefully they'll find a good new uh, yeah i'm okay with the guest host but they got to settle on someone if they want the show to last eventually they, they do absolutely let's give it some time um, and something from that young age I started watching was Conan O'Brien, actually, when his show first started late night with Conan O'Brien back in 93, maybe. Um, I just I started watching. I've loved him ever since I followed his whole career. And my mom, I never forget her saying this. She was like, that guy isn't funny. Why are you watching that? <laughs> I was like, he's hilarious. <laughs> You're not funny. You're not funny, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a Conan kid. Letterman never got into Leno. Uh, we were more of a Leto household, no, but I wish I wasn't because I think well, looking back now, I think I would have appreciated Letterman's humor more. Um, oh, certainly. Yeah. But Leto was just always what was on for my parents. So I had to watch that one. But then once, once they went to bed, I could switch it over to Conan. And I was like, yeah, I love Conan. Yeah. Then it was time for Coco. Coco. So is there anything your parents uh, you watched that your parents were like either not OK with or thought was strange? So. The only thing. I remember even remotely like that was there was a point where there was a lot of like studies and, and newspaper articles about kids being affected by violence on TV. Mm, yes. And I'm thinking like post Columbine when like everything was being blamed except for the kids and the environment. Right. Everything was being blamed except for the school counselors and like every, you know, it was TV and music and movies that did it. Video games. Yeah. That's what did it. Um, and I remember my, I was into wrestling. I watched wrestling. It was a soap opera for boys. It was. <laughs> um, and I loved it. I loved WCW. I knew all the guys. I looked forward to the grudge matches. And they had, there were like three or four different shows a week, depending on the night. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that frequent. Yes. There was like Nitro and Thursday Storm. And there was a big one on Sundays, maybe. Uh, but yes, I, I really took that in. And my dad, I remember coming in saying, like, I think I want you to watch less of that hmm. and i said why he said, oh it's violent and, blah, and i remember having this talk with me and me going but dad you like watch cops and stuff <laughs> yeah and he took that kind of heart he goes that's a good point so maybe you try to start watching less than this and i'll start trying to watch less of that and i thought that i wasn't allowed to watch wrestling anymore 
And like two days later, I walk in on my dad watching cops. And I went, well, the hell with that. And I went right back to watching wrestling. That's hilarious. That's my only memory of, of them ever really trying to curb me away. And I remember my dad, um, it wasn't that he disallowed me. He really didn't like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, which is so weird. I love that show. And I think it was just the juxtaposition from the movie, which was very silly and lighthearted to the show, which was much darker, more broody, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so I, I just think that he didn't like that. But he never said I couldn't watch it or anything like that. Gotcha. We're actually in the middle of a rewatch of that right now with my girlfriend and our friends. But uh, it's what, like what did your mom say you couldn't watch? Uh, funnily enough, the first things that came to mind, I remember specifically, was Beavis and Butthead and Mary with Children, surprisingly. Those two shows were the only of crass humor. Yeah. And she, she picked those ones out. There's probably other ones we could have seen, but they weren't as popular. So she didn't think of them. But yeah, Beavis and Butthead. We, and but I, when I would sneak off to watch Beavis and Butthead because she told us not to watch it, I didn't like it that much. <laughs> so I just didn't watch it anyways. <laughs> Same with Mary with Children. I didn't understand a lot of the jokes. And for so I would sneak off to watch it. And it just wasn't funny to me because I was a kid. So um, but I got why she didn't want us to watch this because they're very crude. Yeah, because. They were less, they were more about the crude stuff. Going into a big swath of my childhood growing into the tweens was I watched a lot of Hanna-Barbera cartoons. They came on on Nickelodeon or on um, Cartoon Network. For a while, that's all Cartoon Network owned. Was Hanna Barbera old Hanna Barbera cartoons? And they I went through it. Played them on loop. Yeah, exactly. And I went through a list of the Hanna Barbera cartoons and wrote down the ones that I remembered liking. So there's many on there I've never even heard of. Um, but please jump in if you have any memories of these shows. Of oh, course, crap. Yogi Bear and the Jetsons. Those are the big ones. Hey, boo boo. Who hasn't seen those? Um, I didn't watch a lot I of Flintstones. Know, actually, the ranger will be mad. <laughs> oh, good boo boo. But the will never catch us. <laughs> I didn't like the Flintstones as much as I like the Jetsons for some reason. I don't yeah, know why I could get that. It's just a preference. I suppose See, for me, I think it wasn't even the Jetsons was cool because all futuristic. And yeah. We had to imagine what the future would be like. I did. The one thing I love, always remember loving about the Flintstones was them using animals as electronics. That's true. <laughs> so like the phone that was just a bird who you spoke into and then another bird flew to where you wanted the message to go and took it. <laughs> Somehow it worked. Like, like that kind of crap. Yeah. That, that always is the best part of that show. Especially like the professor's inventions from Gilgan's Island. And and while I'm not going to say it is a great movie, if you ever have a chance to go rewatch the Flintstones mm-hmm. with uh, Rick Moranis and John Goodman, uh, John Goodman, while not a phenomenal film, the use of practical effects. Oh, yeah. In that and the animatronics that they had to pull off were incredible. I really liked it. And everything younger. looks great. It, everything looks great. Go back and watch it. It holds up so well because they did everything real. And it was perfect casting. And it was just, it looked like the cartoon come to life. Basically it was, it was a lot oh, of fun. Um, I had a Magilla gorilla. Do you remember him? <laughs> big purple, big guy, purple guy. Right? Yep. Adam, up and Adam, Adam Ant. He was a good no, one. I've got nothing there. Secret squirrel. Oh, in the trench coat, right? Yeah. I have like vague, vague <laughs> memories of some of these. And then the what I remember a lot more of is the Herculoids. Do you remember them? No. They were these weird like little globular creatures that would go into different shapes. And then there was big dinosaurs and stuff. It made no sense. Um, then we have Samson and Goliath, which I think he was also a, an ape. I remember watching that a lot. Yeah, big gorilla. And yeah. Something. yeah. That and sounds right. Wacky Races is a big one. Oh, yeah. And that was like everybody. Yeah. All the car mm-hmm. and yeah. Snidely Whiplash with the dog. 
Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and of course, Scooby Doo, which would cross over with like the, Zoing Scoob. <laughs> oh gosh, man! And that crossed like over Zoing with the uh, uh, Globetrotters and like Abbott and Costello and all sorts of random crap. Um, and then Josie and the Pussycats. Josie and the Pussycats. I watch that a lot. I have no recollection. I don't. Can never. I can honestly say I've never seen any. Oh wow! Not even a second of actual <laughs> footage of Josie and the Pussycats. How about Super Friends? Uh, no, probably not. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, that <laughs> reference certainly. Okay. Really bad animation on that one. Real bad. But it was still fun to watch. And then these next three are important because they transition to the tween age, which is Birdman, Space Ghost, and C-Lab 2020. Oh, uh, they were certainly not for, like, the little kids. Well, these... Those, in fact, that was Cartoon Network's attempt to, like, oh, God, we have to attract some older kids. Well, the thing was, those were, yeah, those were regular Hanna-Barbera cartoons. But, yeah, they were a little more serious, um, like... Uh, Space Ghost and Birdman were real heroes, but it was like, you know, not super goofy and kids and Sea Lab was about a real lab under the sea. And it was interesting. And then it was the popularity of those that then led to Adult Swim 2021 and Harvey Birdman, attorney at law and Space Ghost Space coast, coast, to coast, coast to coast to coast. Uh, whilst, while I admit that some like Sea Lab doesn't quite hold up, honestly, mm. I've tried to rewatch it. It doesn't quite hold up. Harvey Birdman, attorney at law it's is wonderful. still pristine. It is still pristine and hilarious and they somehow got the rights to all those a lot of those characters we just talked about the man of barbera to stick them in they didn't have to get the rights they owned them oh that's right they owned them um that, that's what made it genius is they could do whatever they wanted with this footage <laughs> and they would but the for the Harvey Birdman, they reanimated actually finally made new animations of these characters and have like they had their herculoids and like um magilla gorilla and stuff on trial and harvey Birdman and stuff it's hilarious um, but Space Ghost was the first one to do that. They just took the old footage, the old cells, and did no new animation and just made new backgrounds to have Space Ghost. Or new, like front plate. So he was yeah, behind the desk. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's really cheap and really easy. And then he would interview guests that real celebrities that would be on his video screen. And I was watching that the same time I was watching Conan O'Brien and basically like the same thing to me, like Conan O'Brien's a host and so is Space Ghost, you know, and I'll never forget one episode. My mom was also freaked out as watching because Space Ghost did a whole episode 15. They're like 15 minute long episodes where they didn't say a single word. It was just the background noise mm, of like the being in space and they'd cut to Zorak. They cut to Brack or, or Moltar and then cut back to a. Uh, space ghost and they'd be looking at each other and kind of moving and nothing happened and i was laughing hysterically the entire time <laughs> i'll never <laughs> forget it but yeah those those all became what spawned off and made adult swim turn into the behemoth it became and it's still around to this day well talking about shows that transitioned me from childhood into like sort of that in between stage i have to mention south park Oh yeah, God, it's South still Park around. Came on the air. Oh my God, right? Twenty-five years. Oh my God. Uh, South Park came on the air when I was ten. Mm, perfect age. And those early seasons, if you haven't watched them in a long time, I do recommend. Even if South Park's not your thing, because it's funny to think now that South Park, because they they do these crazy quick animations, they're able to really comment on what's happening in the world right now in a way that a lot of other animated shows can't. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't what they that wasn't the way it was at the beginning. So these shows do a lot of like the older shows do a lot of pop culture references, but the the topics and the themes of the episodes are just insane. <laughs> Such uh, as like the pink eye zombie episode. Oh yeah. Uh, Stan has a clone made out of him. <laughs> 
Uh, Carmen gets an anal probe. <laughs> the aliens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like these where, where there was no commentary. It was just like kind of this crass, insane humor. Mm-hmm. And it, there wasn't really anything else like it at the time. It was now really there's pushing so the boundaries. much adulty animation. It's crazy. But at the time, South Park was groundbreaking. Yeah. And if you watch like uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the creators of South Park, their early stuff from college. And they had like a, a musical they made called Cannibal the Musical before this ever happened. Um, and it just shows their great comedic genius. But then also how they were pushing the boundaries about being crass. And it just, yeah, I think it, that's what made it get attention. But there's also a lot of intelligence there. But um, I haven't watched it in probably 15 years. <laughs> uh, big gay Al's big gay boat ride. No genius one. Oh yeah. First season. <laughs> I'll uh, never forget to, Marvin. Starving oh, Marvin. It's all great. Mecca Streisand is a brilliant episode. I see that one. <laughs> brilliant. I just love yeah, chef's song. That's one of those to ones that took me through. Suck on my chocolate salty balls. Salty balls. Put them in your mouth. Put them in your mouth. Put them in your mouth and suck them. <laughs> suck on my chocolate salty, salty balls. balls. They're chock full of vitamins and good for you. Dun, dun. Suck on my balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a show. Um, what a show. Around that same time. Well, before that, actually, a little bit. The thing I would have appointment viewing for every Thursday night, I think, was the Xenoverse shows. So I'd make sure I was home. I eventually got a black and white TV that had a good antenna and I could get to certain channels. I think actually I was able to connect it to the cable somehow and get these because this is on TNT, I believe. But they had uh-huh. Xena, Warrior Princess. And that Hercules and that spawned off Hercules. And then that from that, a third short lived show called Jack of All Trades was spawned off with Bruce Campbell's character from both those shows because he had appeared on both the Hercules and Xena as this like roguish guy who could do all these different things. And so like, we'll give you your own show. So it lasted like one or two seasons, but not like the nine or something seasons that oh, Hercules and, and Xena. That also then spun off the show, uh, young Hercules. That's right. I didn't watch young that. Ryan Gosling. Is that who that was? Plays young Hercules. <laughs> I did not watch that one. <laughs> oh man. Oh, but yeah, I love those were every Thursday night. And they also Kung Fu, the legend continues would come on around that time. And that was a fun show. But uh, I, I could see that it was it was good. The The first show I really remember watching, we'll say seriously, mm. seriously watching. I'm going to say was lost. I was going to say the same thing with my and parents. I wasn't even on it from the beginning. The first time I ever watched Lost was with you and your parents. Oh, okay. And it was uh, an episode that was super pivotal and super revealing. Oh, no. Not to say ruined it for me, but like knowing the episode I watched with you guys, I'm like, oh, I should just go in the other room. (laughs) But hey, it still hooked you. (laughs) It did. Um, But yeah, I watched all the seasons. It got really confusing. And the writer strike season was particularly difficult. Mm. Uh, But what a great show. A lot of people really pan that show. It is bad. I defend it very heavily. I like I I completely am very unsatisfied with the ending, but I I'm not making that take away from the entire experience of the show, which was wonderful. Um, it, right. I think it's a shame it ended the way it did because it kind of like puts this like <clears throat> at the end of this really fantastic ride um, where I was looking on the Internet forums every week to try to figure out what theory people had. But the problem was, so were the writers. So <laughs> they were kind of pulling for those <laughs> forums and writing from there. Uh, but yeah, I, I love that show. Every, every week, my parents would watch it and you had to wait till the next week to watch the next one. There wasn't a choice. 
Um, That's right. And I think it, it was ending as I went to college. So I had to eventually wait for it to go off the air because I didn't have cable in college or like a good way to watch TV. And I get the DVDs from Netflix to finish it. That's how I finished Lost. <laughs> Up there with Lost. Uh, also Heroes. Yep. That was around the same time. Another, another show that like season one was brilliant and nothing else ever quite lived up. Nope. It was a great season. season one here was brilliant and was sort of preemptive of the superhero genre. Yeah, because it wasn't booming like it is now. Oh, no. There was still superhero content in some movies and stuff, but not not like this. There was Smallville. There was Lois and Clark. And that's about it. Lois and Clark. I forgot (laughs) about that one. I watched that. I remember I, I loved, even though it was already rerun when I was a kid, because this show was already kind of gone at that point, was uh, Quantum Leap. And I watched the heck out of that show. <laughs> Sorry, it's too much. But anyways, it was. Sam Ziggy says there's a 15% chance you're here to rescue the kid. Al, come on. Don't talk to me right now. In the middle of having sex. Oh, man, I got to go look at some broads. Like, that was pretty much every episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Al, I'm a chimpanzee. What am I going to do? I don't know. Eat a banana. I'll go talk to Ziggy. And he just disappears through a door. Ow. Oh, damn it. Oh, boy. Um, but that was actually a momental, monumental show for me because um, it was the first show I ever binged watched. And I did that through Netflix. So it's the first show I watched from start to finish that I know of without missing an episode. Because I loved I watched Lost every week, but I'm not even sure if I, I saw every episode. But that one was the first show of my entire life. Binge watch from beginning to end, but I had to wait a, wait a couple days for the DVDs to come in the mail. Um, and since then, I've kept an exhaustive list of all the shows I've completed on an Excel spreadsheet on my computer. So I don't forget because wow. I'm crazy. Um, but yeah, that was the first one ever. So I have a special place in my heart for not, not just that, but Scott Bakula. He's just he's great. You can do no wrong. Uh, other shows I'll just sort of throw out there as ones I've watched a lot of or all of House. Oh, wow. I really enjoyed and truly just sold solely by Hugh Laurie. Oh yeah. He's, he's a force of nature. Like other, other casts came and went and there were better seasons and worse seasons depending on the surrounding cast, but Hugh Laurie held that together. Oh yeah. And he could easily. Oh, uh, the office is one that I've watched just an incredible amount of times. Just incredible. (laughs) Me too. I have an encyclopedic like knowledge of the office. Um, See, SNL, of course, has come and gone. Yeah, and that was a big thing growing up as I loved, I think Steve was right there with me, impersonations. I think that came from SNL and Mad TV. We loved, you know, doing the same impersonations they would do. So we'd often be doing an impression of someone else's impression of somebody, you know, like it's uh, not Sean Connery we're impersonating, but uh, Mar- what's his name? Terrell something. Daryl Hammond. Daryl Hammond. We were doing Daryl Hammond's impression of, of his impression, right. yeah, which is great. But it was a lot I'll of fun. take the penis mightier for 400. <laughs> Trebek. Where do you even see that? Right there. The <laughs> pen is in off. front of you. <laughs> and I would say that uh, people would be like, why are you mentioning Star Trek, Jarvin, your favorite show? But I didn't watch that till college. So I didn't see it like barely a single episode of Star Trek until college. And then thanks yeah, to Netflix, w- watched it all. While I was always a fan of The Muppet Show, I didn't have a good way to watch it for a really long time. My earliest memories is I had a VHS tape that was alternating episodes of The Muppet Show and Fraggle Rock. Oh, wow. It had maybe eight episodes on it in total. That's pretty and I nice. watched those to death. 
but it wasn't for years until I got like the DVD set and was yeah. able to watch all of it. Makes it a lot easier. Uh, I would say close to the time of Lost is when Fringe came on. And that was a big thing for me. I love Fringe because it involved like men in black and time travel and stuff. And it was one of those shows that also kind of petered out towards the end. But what a great ride that was. That was the same amount of people on forums saying what's going to happen next. Uh, Let's talk about a show I gave up on. Mm. (laughs) Once upon a time. (laughs) Oh, that's more recent. Yeah. (laughs) Anna and I have tried to get through that show a couple of times and we always get to the Peter Pan season and give up. (laughs) <laughs> i kid you not we get like four episodes in the peter pan season and we just can't do it anymore so you can stop so i watched the last season and all the way to the last season of once upon a time because i'm nuts uh you could have watched, stopped like maybe four seasons in and then skip to the last season because the last season does a time jump so pretty much the four seasons before that don't even matter um but the last season is actually fairly decent it wraps things up really okay. well um but yeah, I mean, not saying it's wonderful, but it's like, oh, this last season really kind of picked up the pace a little bit, <laughs> which is good. It's fair. It's fair. Yeah. And we got, uh, let's see, Breaking Bad is the first show I ventured out and watched that was not sci-fi or fantasy. I was like, I'll finally take a chance on it because everyone says how wonderful it is. And I did. And it was fantastic. And I'll never watch it again because it's real heavy. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's just hard to watch. And then I'm trying to think about, like, what am I watching now? I'm a big fan of Rick and Morty. Yeah, I have not seen much of it, but some. Oh, man. Highly recommend. It's another one of those shows that the more you watch it, the more you're going to catch and you really develop an appreciation. Yeah. It's like a wine. The more you drink of it, (laughs) the less you care how cheap it is. The more cherry notes you taste. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you're tasting much of anything at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Uh, The boys I'm enjoying. Also okay. kind of dark. Yep. Uh, we also got. If you uh, like the boys, you got to check out Invincible. I've heard good things. Yeah. It's insane. It is <laughs> insane. It is the gore- the goriest and most graphic animated thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but in like a really good way. <laughs> Many of my friends were recommending the comic before then. Yeah. They're seeing how wonderful it was. Um, but yeah. uh, when, when I love Oz. Oh, really? Wow. Big fan of that. It really jumps the shark. Season four really, really jumps the shark. But the first three seasons are great. That's great. I I follow the entire trip of Supernatural all 15 years. I think it was 14 years. Um, It's got to be one of those shows that you don't mind going through a lot of stuff. That's not that great because it's just you're following around. These brothers are doing different stuff. Who cares what happens? Just let it go. You know, just enjoy the, the relationship. Uh, and then I think I'm going to talk just a little m- mention of uh, what is both the best and worst viewing experience of my adult life. And that's Game of Thrones, Oh yes. which uh, had five brilliant seasons. Yep. Yep. Is that all? Not, it, it's a shame they never finished it. Uh, oh. I personally didn't have that big of a problem with the last season like everyone else did. I just thought there were several missed opportunities that seemed right there that were so easy to do and they didn't do it. Yeah, And and that's the issue. Right. That's my issue is not that they, they didn't do some big, crazy thing. It's that what they did, they did poorly. <laughs> like the, the road they chose didn't make any sense. It's like, why did you do that? You could have done this. Things, just a few things to make it make sense. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Um, but that being said, even some some parts of the last season are good. I'm not going to lie. Um, but the battle for Winterfell, while cool, is a mess. It's just a mess. Yeah, but it's worth the ride, I think. Kind of like Lost, I think it's worth the ride going through all just of it. Just getting all the way through it, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'll say that two of my most feel-good shows that I, I would watch again, because my girlfriend, she's going to be re-watching Parks and Rec in the office until the day we die, probably. But shows that I also think are fantastic feel-good shows are Shit's Creek and The Good Place. They're just like make you so happy and they're so funny um i'll be laughing out loud and crying in different episodes and so it's it's worth it definitely oh, check yeah out. i totally agree good place is phenomenal i took i checked it out like per recommendation from you from like play on nerds oh yeah back in the day <laughs> way back when uh and anna has just just a little bit gotten me onto sh- onto shit's creek it definitely takes to the second season and then the first season is pretty short but by the second season, you're like, oh, okay, now I see where these characters are, are at. Okay, now this is good. It's, it's locked in, so it's worth it. And now we're sort of in the era of modern television. Yeah. Uh, streaming. And it's hard to think about Netflix as like, in those services as television shows, but they are. They are, yeah. So you've got shiny, like shiny things in there, like Orange is the New Black and Black Mirror. Which, oh, while yeah. not every episode is a gem, there's enough really, really good ones to qualify it as a great show. I think so. Uh, on streaming as well, you got The Expanse, which I love very much. I haven't finished the current season yet. Uh, Sherlock is fantastic. I'm not sure what streaming service that's on now because it was BBC. I think it's on Netflix. Right. Um, wonderful show. Each episode's an hour and a half long, which is pretty weird, but uh <laughs> that's just how it works over there in britain they do weird stuff so wear some comfortable pants <laughs> you're gonna be anyways let's be honest <laughs> jokes on you i'm already wearing comfortable pants <laughs> but i'm cha <laughs> ah. uh and then of course most recent disney's gotten into the game mm-hmm. and we've gotten marvel shows which is crazy to say uh and has only been we'll say ex- expedited by covid oh yeah absolutely uh but you know wandavision was was exceptional yeah i think so falcon winter soldier exists it was a decent action show you know i think i think just i think marvel just shot themselves in the foot it is so hard to take a show like that seriously from a from a scale point of view when we're dealing with like wandavision and nexus beings and her creating realities and her son's being stolen and maybe in a different universe and maybe the devil. And then something like, like Loki, which is out now with time travel and alternate timelines and variants and all sorts of big <laughs> universe changing stuff. And be like, Oh man, some terrorists got some super soldier serum. <laughs> what are <laughs> like, we going to do? <laughs> really? That's all right. <laughs> I mean, you so gotta be able to tell some small you, stories it's too. Hard. It's hard, but that's the thing. It's hard. They've built this huge, huge thing. Mm-hmm. And then for, to expect us to like come back to this world with this tiny thing is just tough. It's tough for me as an audience member and hard for them to do. That's true. I could see that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. So, uh, but Loki is phenomenal. If you haven't watched it as a viewer, I highly recommend it. I haven't seen the second episode yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. Um, uh, yeah, my, as I, I think I said, my spoiler free review is, is shit gets real. <laughs> oh, good. 
Uh, I will say that one thing we were missing here is, um, what do you call it? Not sh- a guilty pleasure TV. And I think you say it falls uh, along the line of like uh, reality shows. And oh, it, yeah. One of the best the reality shows that no one else I know really likes, but I just I can't get enough of are scare tactic type of shows. So oh, like the prank kind of shows, but not just pranks, but like elaborate, expensive pranks that scare the crap out of people. So one of them is called Scare Tactics. It was hosted by Tracy Morgan. Um, and then just recently they did a new show with the kid from Stranger Things with the space between his teeth. I forgot his name, but he's adorable. Um, oh, Dustin. Yeah. I don't know his actual Dustin something or another. He's got like he's got a super Italian name. Yes, you're right. A super Italian name. But he hosts a new one. It's on Netflix, and I can't remember what it's called exactly. But it's wonderful. I watched all the episodes already, and I just binge these things because they like make these huge spaceships and stuff that come out of nowhere. It's always under the conceit that these people are doing temp jobs. So they take them to like to a site to a graveyard. Okay, today we're just going to be you're going to help me log the uh, different graves, make sure they're all not being uh, they're still in good shape. And if there's anything or there's any damage, then we got to take care of it. It's, it's, it's kind of monotonous, but just, you know, follow along with me. And then they'll have like huge projection screens come out of nowhere with giant ghosts to scare the crap out of these people. <laughs> and it's just like it's wonderful. I don't know. I can't get it. That's my guilty pleasure viewing. I don't know if you have anything like that for you. Uh, we do. Anna and I love trash TV and nothing scratches that itch better for us than hoarders. Oh, God. Yeah, that's depressing. Yeah, it's like watching a train wreck that no one cleaned up. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's, that just makes left. me depressed. <laughs> it just makes us want to get rid of things, which is great. That's true. That is true. Man, nothing will make you want to clean like watching hoarders. I'll tell you. <laughs> I don't need to clean anymore. I clean too much. So I'm good there. I'm a clean freak. Uh, And then my, my most recent sort of TV that's been forming my life is me just coming to accept that Joyce wants to watch her shows. And most of them are awful, (laughs) awful. My little pony and some of the educational stuff she likes. That's like real dumb and real slow, but there are some gems in there. Uh, on Netflix, uh, Waffles and Mochi hmm. is absolutely great. You have things like Helpsters on Apple TV Plus that I don't hate. That's good. really all I can hope for. <laughs> um, Storybots are phenomenal. If you haven't checked out Storybots, it is great. Mm. So there are a few gems in there, and that's when she's like, I want to put it on a show. I just recommend like the four things I can stand. Right. These aren't her choose between them. These aren't terrible. <laughs> yes, I can do these. Yeah, that's our buddy Patrick uh, talked about. That comes your life uh, when you have. But he has two little girls now and just like you have to watch what they want to watch now. I'm just my life is now watching kid shows <laughs> all the time <laughs> uh, on Parks and Rec. Uh, Ron Swanson talks about when he when he marries that woman with the two daughters. Zena, yeah, <laughs> there is no silence. There's only Doc McStuffins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely correct. It's <laughs> a great line. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that he marries Zena. These are the TV shows that kind of shaped our lives, I think. I think so. And there's so many more these days. It's exploded into just an unlimited amount of shows you can watch. You'll never be able to finish all of them. And so many different services that are trying to pull audiences for even for just specific shows. Yeah, and if someone walks up to you these days and says, you haven't seen that show, just punch them right in the face because there's way too much to watch. So screw them. <laughs> yes, there's too much. You have to be, you got to choose what you like and then watch it. Yes. 
exactly narrow it down but yeah those are the shows that shaped us and i think that ends this episode of the uh sappy crap podcast that's right join us next time when we talk about getting a little older a little wiser and birthdays that's right so thank you for joining us for this delightful stumble down memory lane and don't forget the good old days weren't always that good this podcast was brought to you by a play on nerds 